Get ready, Avalanche Territory. Denver Sports presents the Mile High Hockey Podcast with Mike Evans. Denver Sports is your home for the most Avalanche content. Now here's your host, Mike Evans. Hi again, everyone, and welcome in to the Mile High Hockey Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Evans, as we uh, chop things up, all things concerning the Avalanche and the NHL, the Avs, just as we speak, coming off a really gutty, ugly, but we'll take it, two-point win over the Wild in Minnesota. A couple thoughts on, on that game right away. To me, it's it's more telling about the Wild uh, than it is the Avalanche. You know that this was a game for the, for the Minnesota Wild that they had circled. They were home. They were rested. They had the Avs banged up coming in on a back-to-back, and they outplayed the Avs, outshot them 43-19, to but the Avs still come away with the win. And if you're Minnesota, you got to be wondering, what's it going to take to be able to beat the Avs? And that has to be a serious dent to their confidence in their belief that they can beat the Avs. If we can't beat the banged-up Avalanche on a back-to-back in which after the first game of the back-to-back, the Tampa game, you even have Jared Bednar uncharacteristically complaining slash whining about the schedule, and you still can't beat him? Yeah, that would create some serious doubt. So I think not that I ever really looked at Minnesota as a real threat to the Avalanche when playoff time comes around. This was yet another example of why you just – really discount Minnesota, and you just don't really sweat Minnesota. And that speaks to a a larger issue, and it's a good good thing for the Avalanche because as much as we continue to see them grind through this season, I still am encouraged by the fact that the Western Conference just is bleh. There's nobody in the West that I look at and I say, ooh, I'd like to avoid them. You know, we're, we're t- a quick bounce over to the other team uh, with the Nuggets. You know, we look at the Nuggets and their chances of winning an NBA championship or getting to the NBA Finals, and I'm much more concerned about their ability to get out of the West than I am the Avs. You know, I can look at teams like uh, Phoenix. I can look at teams like the Golden State Warriors and be really, really skeptical or concerned uh, about their chances of beating those guys. In the West, for the Avs, who is it? You know, I continue to throw this question out there, and nobody has given me a team that you can make a compelling case for, yes, this team has the goods, and this team is made up of both talent and attitude and coaching and goaltending and proven playoff performers that could really, really give the avalanche trouble. I, I, I honestly, I don't, I don't, no matter where the avalanche are seated come playoff time, I do not see a matchup in which they would be, according to the Vegas wise guys, an underdog. Do you? Because if I'm missing somebody, please point it out to me. Hit me up on Twitter at Mike Evans, one Oh four, three hit me up during the Schlereth at Evans show on the text line, three Oh three, seven, one, three, one, zero, four, three, because I don't see it. So that's good news. And that win over Minnesota, even though it wasn't a pretty win, it wasn't a 60-minute effort, it was one of those games that 
I think as an Avalanche fan, you, you have to see every once in a while. Because coming out of the All-Star break, there have been some performance that can kind of leave you starting to wonder, hey, is this team going to be okay? Is this team going to make the playoffs? And if they do make the playoffs, how how much of a threat are they going to be? You know, they, they've had some performances, some games that just leave you wondering, right? At least for me, uh, take the Pittsburgh game right out of the All-Star break. You know, they're up one nothing. That that's a game where the Avs last year they get that insurance goal, they go up two nothing, they probably get the empty net goal, they win three nothing. Instead, they lose in overtime. Then you're playing Tampa last week in Tampa. Uh, even though you're down one nothing, it's a it's a really good hockey game through the midway point of the game. Your, your Avs, the Avs are out out chancing Tampa. They're right there, and then uh, a couple mistakes, two goals in the span of two minutes. And the floodgates open and the Avalanche lose. Even the other night with Tampa here, the Avalanche leading 2 nothing midway through the hockey game. And then Tampa comes back, uh, grabs control, ends up tying the game, and uh, ends up winning uh, in, uh, in overtime. So, uh, in the shootout. So, it's, it's a case where, you know, the Avalanche, we... We continue, and I think I think a lot of Avalanche fans, you, you feel the same way I do, where you're not worried about this team. You, you trust that this team is going gonna, is gonna to be there and is going to be okay, even with some of the injuries. But it's, it's, a, it's a situation where you need some performances along the way just to remind you that that Stanley Cup heartbeat's still beating, right? And when you see a, a gutty win like the, the one – in Minnesota, that's a reminder, right? You, you see the win in Florida against the Panthers. Uh, that's a reminder that, hey, it's still there, okay? Maybe it's not as consistent. Maybe they just don't feel like it's it's firing all cylinders the way that you would like it to. But with the understanding that's an incredibly long season, it's hard to keep the motivation up. And there there is the idea of, of guys that have been hurt. But it is crucial that you don't fall into the trap of oh woe is me and the injuries are an excuse the schedule makers are an excuse you still have to find a way to get these points banked and the Tampa game the other night was uh was concerning to me because after it you heard Jared Bednar talking about the schedule you hear people talking about the injuries you still look up and down that roster and I, I did this the, the morning after during our show I said, okay, yes, the Avalanche have injuries. Okay. But then I started going down the guys that played in that Tampa game. And I started listing them off. McKinnon, Lekinen, Rantanen, Nechuskin, Taves, Cogliano, on and on and on. And just guy after guy that that was part of your Stanley Cup team a year ago. These were all guys who proved themselves as Stanley Cup champions and all delivered uh, big moments at some point along the way in winning the Cup. And so, yeah, you're, you're missing some key guys. I get that. But my point is, is that there's still enough still around guys that have been there, done that, that I think we can start to ask a little more of them especially now that we're into the middle of February and you're starting to kind of see the finish line in sight, I think it's fair 
to start asking more of the guys that were here last year and were part of that Stanley Cup team. I think it's fair to ask more. Uh, To me, it boils down to this. I I get that the Avalanche have their injuries, and you you wonder about Gabe Landeskog, and, and, and believe me, the absence of Gabe Landeskog is huge. This guy just brings something extra, not only as a player but as a leader, and clearly they miss it. But there is still enough here, along with the guys that they're getting back, that, and as I just said earlier about the Western Conference being very mediocre, in my opinion, there is no reason why the Avalanche do not get back to the Stanley Cup Finals. Even if Gabe Landeskog doesn't come back, that there's still enough here for them to get back to the Stanley Cup Finals. Now, winning the Stanley Cup Finals, okay, that's maybe a different a, a, a different ball game right there because the teams out east, the top of the east, is is much better. Uh, there's more depth at the top of the uh, Eastern Conference than there is at the at the Western Conference. But who cares? What do you think? I, I'm going to apologize for that because the Avalanche don't have to face the iron going through the Western Conference? Heck no. Uh, they did, they weren't really tested last year in the Western Conference, save for St. Louis, and I think it gave them a, a huge advantage when it came to having a little bit extra in the tank when you get into game six against uh, Tampa. So, hey, I'm not going to apologize for being in the weaker conference. Take it. Sign up. Run with it. But uh, if in order to win a Stanley Cup, yeah, you're going to have to get Gabe Landeskog back, and you have to get him healthy. Now, there is also the matter of the trade deadline, which will be coming up here in a, a couple of weeks. And and a, a debate that is going on right now among Avalanche fans is how aggressive do you be if you're Joe Sackick and Chris McFarland? Now, here's the status of the Avalanche draft picks coming up. In 2023, this summer's draft, they have their first-round pick, but they do not have a second-round pick, and they do not have a third-round pick. Those picks went in the Josh Manson and Alexander Georgiev trades. In 2024, again, they have their first-round pick, but they do not have a second and a third-round pick. Those went in the trades for Arturi Lekkinen and Darcy Kemper. Now, that is a—I I, I can't <laughs> stress enough. Uh, that is—that's how you use your assets. And when you're in a championship window like the Avs are, to quote the great Les Sneed with the Rams, F them picks— and, and that's exactly the way I look at it. And I, I get it. I know that there's some out there, and I'm not just saying Avalanche fans, of, of, of fans of all the teams that love their draft picks. Man, they love their draft picks. They cherish those draft picks. You don't want to give up those draft picks. But to me, when you're in a championship window, you don't know how long it's going to be open. You got to maximize it. And for an Avalanche team that I think as this season has gone on, we see that there is a hole at that second line center that they need to address. And you may have to use some of these upcoming picks. And I know the Avalanche don't want to use that first round pick. But if it can bring back the kind of player that you're going to need to try to win a Stanley Cup, you got to do it. And and by the way, I say this all from the standpoint that I was okay with not bringing back Nas Kadri. Uh, as much as I understand they're in a championship window, I think there are ways to maximize that championship window without signing a guy to the kind of prohibitive contract that Naz Kadri got that probably is not going to age well at the back end of that deal. And I know that there is a school of thought that says, hey, 
if this guy can help win you another couple of cups now, is it worth having him be a shell of that kind of player in the final two, three years of your contract? You know what? If this was the the NFL and it was a sport whose salary cap is just going up and up and up and it's just going to continue to burst through the stratosphere, I'd say, yeah, I wouldn't sweat it as much. But in hockey, you know, the cap is going up, but it's going up slowly, incrementally. And you do have to be aware of these contracts and and what you're going to be lugging around later in the contracts. So I was not against the idea of letting Kadri go. I wasn't against that. But that doesn't change the fact that you might have to make a move in the short term to address the departure of Kadri. And if you can bring somebody in who can can be an impact player for the next couple of years, help you maximize that championship window and not have to make the kind of commitment to him financially that's going to drag on and can really be a, a, a you know a, an anchor around your neck, then I think you do it. If it means giving up draft picks. And yeah, so okay, the Avalanche don't have many picks in 2023 and 2024. They don't go back to their full complement of picks until 2025. Okay. So, <laughs> right? I you know the 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 idea of them late in the first round, which is where they're going to be picking because of how good they are, being able to find that kind of player that's going to come in and be better than anybody that you're going to be able to trade that pick for in order to try to help you win right now, I, I think it's a long shot. And, yeah, you can play the what-if game and the potential game, and you don't want to miss out on a player that could turn out to be I get all that, but I just think that right now, when you're in this kind of a championship window, you go with proven commodities. And if that means you got to give up a, a, a first-round pick this year or next year, or even the year after that, in order to get a proven commodity that can come in and get get you to another Stanley Cup, uh, I, I think you do it. I think you do it without even thinking. So I'll be very curious to see how the Avalanche approach this. Uh, you got to maximize the window. You really do. And I look back on the Avs the the last time the Avs were great. And you look at the run that they had between 96 when they got here and about, what, 2003, uh, you know, four, right around that, that time, that window. They won two Stanley Cups. Now, that's nothing to, to sneeze at, you know. But there's no doubt in my mind that they should have won another one. That that team was so stacked, they should have won a, a third Stanley Cup. To me, they left one on the table, and I would hate to look back on this this current group, this core, and feel that same way. I'd hate for them to leave us feeling like, man, it was great. They won a cup. They won two cups, but there could have been another one. I just think that when you're in a championship window, go for it because – you can't be arrogant enough to think that it's just going to last forever and that you can hold on to these draft picks and, hey, we'll draft and develop guys, but all while we're doing that, we'll continue to make do with the core that we have. No, I think you got to go for it. So uh, it's a debate that's out there among Avalanche fans. Where do you come down on it? They don't have a lot of assets. The cupboard is is kind of empty, but they, they still have – a couple of first-rounders over the next couple of years. I would use them. 
And if that means you don't have a first, second, or third round pick for the next two years, who cares? Who cares? Go for it. All right, that's uh, where we're at right now with this uh, situation with the Avs right now as they continue to grind, getting guys back. Josh Manson's back. Boy, was it good to see him out there laying some wood, huh? You know that he has been just itching to get back out and start pounding on some people. Good to see Josh Manson back for a team that, um, you know, at, at times you wonder, you know, maybe they could use a little bit more dash of toughness, right? Kale McCarr gets hit by Jeff Carter and nobody comes to his defense. Nobody? Come on now. Come on now. You can't you can't allow that to happen if the uh, NHL disciplinary board, what a f- bunch of jokers they are, but if they're not going to hand out justice, I guess it's left to you to hand out justice, right? So, like to see a little bit more toughness. Great to have Josh Manson back. Boy, that's what they miss with with Gabe too, right? You know, Landeskog, he 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 brings that toughness. He'll he'll stand up for teammates. Something tells me if if Gabe's on the ice when uh, Jeff Carter takes that uh, flyby on on Mikhail McCarr, uh, Landis Gog's up in Carter's face, and there's going to be some accountability uh, demanded of that. So it's missed. It's missed, and it's not easy to replace. So we uh, await word. Hopefully, Landis Gog will uh, will start skating here and and really ramp things up. Uh, the Avs remain hopeful when it comes to Landeskog. I guess at, at this point, I'll, I'll believe it when he's back out on the ice because uh, th- this thing is dragged on to the point where it's really been murky. And it's I, I know the Avalanche aren't going to be honest. They're not going to be transparent. That's the NHL way. Uh, they just are loath to, to really give you any real information when it comes to injuries, which, you know, I think is kind of bogus, by the way, as we go off on another tangent here at the end. Is that here? You got a sport that really prides itself on being stand up, right, and being all about the greater good and the team, and there's no individual, and um, and to the to the point where I think that's been to the detriment of the NHL because when it comes to marketing the sport, other sports clearly put uh, individuals ahead of teams. You know, the old school. Part of me is like, ah, I don't, I don't like that, but it certainly helps in marketing the sport. And the NHL has been really, really reluctant to do that because that's just not the uh, the tradition, the ethos uh, of, of of the sport. You know, you don't do that. Well, in in this case, for a sport that really carries itself a certain way, the fact that they're so hush hush about injuries. You know, you got you got great hockey fans out there. You got loyal hockey fans out there, and we're craving information we we, we want to know what's happening what's going on with Gabe what exactly is happening here and we really haven't got those kind of answers let us know okay and part of what makes the whole Landeskog thing so frustrating is that as sports fans we've come to have a certain understanding of knee injuries right hey he's got a sprained knee he's gonna be out two to four weeks hey he had arthroscopic surgery he's gonna be out six to eight weeks Hey, he had uh, an ACL. He blew out his ACL. Uh, that looks for a time frame that's uh, going to be anywhere from 6 to 8 to 12 months. Okay, we we have these sort of plug-and-play, and paint-by-number type expectations uh, that go along with certain kinds of injuries. But with Gabe, it's just it just keeps dragging on, and, and there's no real definitive timetable. 
and the Avalanche just aren't very forthcoming with with what's happening with him, what's going on with him. And I, I as somebody who follows this team closely, it, it's frustrating. I'd, I'd like a little bit more transparency. Um, as fans, I think we deserve it. What do you think? All right, that'll do it for this week's edition of the Mile High Hockey Podcast. We'll be back with you again next week. Enjoy your hockey. Go Avs.